Okay, welcome everybody to uh, Arise Podcast. We, um, we're only just starting doing these, so it's a little experimental, but I'm Robin, I'll be hosting today, I'm one of the team, and I'm joyed to be joined by, joyed to be joined, <laughs> by <laughs> Meg, Nils and Freya. We're all just sat around our table um, in the house, um, and we're here today to talk about uh, some of the deeper stories behind the Rise, all under the question, why are we doing it? Why are we building the Rise? Um, what does it mean to us? We're mainly going to talk about things from uh, our own experience, so what's brought us here, and also our inspirations. Um, before we do that, we're going to do some quick little intros, so just your name, uh, how old you are, whatever else you want to say. Um, Meg, do you want to start us off? Uh, yeah, I'm Meg, I'm 20, that's me. Sick. What about Nils? Cool, I'm Nils, I'm 28, from Sweden. I've a few different things. <laughs> nice. Freya? I am Freya and I am also 20. Cool. Okay. Wow. All we know is your age. Wow. We're, we're going to discover lots of things during this podcast. <laughs> Great. Very cool. So we said, um, like we said, it's about why the rise, um, what brought us here. So does anyone want to kick off first? Maybe Meg, do you want to talk, you were talking a little bit earlier about um, organising youth or organising young people over the last couple of years um, and why you feel the rise is... So uh, going to support what you were trying to do? Yeah. Um, well, I guess part of the context of this project is that most of us who are working on it have been doing um, full-time or at least part-time organising with young people for, for up to like two or three years now. And that the RISE project came from a lot of the learnings that we did and a lot of the experiences we had while during that time of like realising what youth activism need to support it. So like for me, for example, I was... Um, I grew up in London and I was working, doing a lot of work with like Exo Youth London and trying to organise um, around the climate crisis and get young people, you know, after the big explosion of stuff back in 2019, like how could we keep momentum and energy and it was just, just felt really, you know, the lack of access to space, the lack of like support from other groups, especially from older, older activists and like not having that grounding about like what we were actually doing. Um, so that's some of the reasons that for me, like building this this project here in Stroud is really important. Cool, thank you. There we go, we found a bit more out about you as well. Sorry, our intros weren't very good. Um, we'll get better at that. So a little bit, so just what I'm hearing there is that feeling that when we were when you were doing the organising before, because you did that for like over a year, like really trying to hold together XIU London, remember that. Um, you felt like there wasn't like a grounding, which is something you feel like the rise can can give. Yeah, like a place for young activists to come to, to meet other activists across the country, um, and to be able to problem solve, I guess, together rather than kind of getting getting stuck in the in the same patterns. Like, you know, it's really hard while people are at school, or it's you know people are burning out, or we don't know what how to do something that feels impactful. Is like how can young people come together and problem solve those things, and also get like wisdom or advice or practical support, like money, for example, from from older members of the community or um, activists who, who've been doing this for a while. So I think that that for me is like how the rise is gonna be like a link between lots of different activists, a link between generations and just like a home to come back to, like a launch pad. And it sounds like there's a piece in there about this is something that you, you like almost like you would have wished the rise or what we're trying to do with the rise was around when you were getting involved doing activism. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. And that's like, I guess it, 
for me this project is very like long term so it's like a, how can this exist and how can we create something that can support young activists for like years to come like to really you know this is like our whole lives you know as young people now this is our whole lives we're going to be facing crisis so how do we how do we create something that's sustainable that can support people you know going forward into the next 10 20 30 years Thanks, Megs. Um, handing over to Freya, maybe, because you've been saying a little bit about that similar feeling of organising in very exciting youth spaces, like you were obviously involved in the climate strikes as well as XA Youth. But again, that feeling of ungroundedness. Is that another thing? Is that what's brought you to the project? Yeah, because activism is, can be so exciting and so full of ideas and discussions and vision and community and, you know, friendships and stuff. But what it feels like we really need is a place to be able to hold those things and a place to be able to explore those things that's not that's not the streets that's not like you know a room in your parents house um where you can only sometimes be or like you know it's like there isn't a space that we can call our own and really be able to like bring our own community into that space and be excited for ourselves um and that's really missing. And yeah. That's really what we want to build. And on a, on a personal level with you, I mean, you, uh, like lots of people talk about the idea that university is like this key organising space where young people should go to university so you can meet other students and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And obviously you, um, people don't know, but Freya's personal story involves her dropping out of university <laughs> about just, you know, over a year ago now. So is that something that's in there as well for you? Feeling like that space isn't what people imagine it is? Yeah, definitely, because in university you only really get to be um, creative or be, um, you know, passionate on the terms of the university, on the land of the university, and even, like, student bodies are really controlled and all of this stuff is, um, it's just, yeah, yeah. So university doesn't offer that space and lots of young people think that they have to go to university in order to be independent and in order to you know get out of their parents house and to some extent that is true because that's what the system's designed you know it's designed us to go on that path and feel like that's our only choice but if we actually had our own spaces to be and to exist and to build together then that would be a different story mm -hmm. yes sick well maybe we'll hand over to nils there say a little bit about because obviously you were you're one of our slightly older members of the team, like myself. Um, oh yeah, I'm 27, for everyone. I didn't get to do an intro. Um, and and you never, for example, never went to university. And so I know part of your inspiration for this is to do with the folk schools. Do you want to talk a little bit about like Scandinavian folk schools? Because I bet no one knows what those are. Yeah, I can do. Um, so yeah, I feel like in Scandinavia, that part of the world has been like a bit of like a philosophy around people's education since like mid 1800s and they inform like a few different ways but like one of the way it kind of shaped was that um, people are setting up these like folk schools they're called Folkeskola in Swedish both kind of run by the kind of state or government but also through different like people's organizations like the Swedish labor movement was part of setting up a few to kind of so it was like educational spaces for trade union activists and other kind of civil society groups and movements have like been setting up those places as well and 
Yeah. And for it to kind of be government funding that's ensuring that they like have can be accessible for most people to join. And it's just one of those very inspiring things that is yeah, that you have these places like have a lot of freedom and autonomy to shape courses depending on what they think is in the kind of interest of people to learn and develop. So they do lots of like art and craft courses, but also half your courses in environmental justice and all these other things and just general kind of people's education moving that forward. And it's all, uh, like, as I understand it, like the way they run courses is that it's, like you say, it's like driven by the participant. So it's not, and it's not like assessed. It's about the learning experience, which I feel like mm. is something that's missing over here. Yeah. So like all of the courses, like most of the courses, not really about training people, like do a specific job or anything like that. It's quite a lot about this is what we feel like is important for people to know and like what can help people improve their lives and their kind of immediate surroundings. And so yeah, there's not really any qualifications. Some people go there to just like get some experience in like crafts and art and music to then be able to take it forward. Other people don't just because that's more kind of enriching people's lives. And I think I think that feeling of a, a different way of doing education is a big part of the understanding behind the rise. At least for us, I mean, the, the, it's called the Radical Youth Space for Educations, which is obviously our attempt to talk about education in a plural way. So the idea that there are many forms of education and they work for different people, and especially this idea that education um, arises from the person or the group that they're in or the situation, and, and that you have to be, you know, to really model it to what's happening and, and, and what's coming forward. And I guess I just wanted to come to yourself, maybe Meg, to talk a little bit about one of the key pieces behind the rise is that it we're trying to offer an alternative form of education to young people who are very used to what you would probably describe as quite a crap form of education <laughs> with the school system and stuff and that that feels like an important part even just of like helping people i don't know like break out of that way of seeing like learning yeah definitely i mean our school system at the moment is like you fundamentally don't really learn how to think for yourself and you know, there's lots of people that we're massively inspired by, like Paolo Freire, for example, who talks about like the banking model of education, which is the idea that, you know, our current like mainstream education is like you just put information into young people's heads and like there's no actual like acts of, he says acts of cognition or like, yeah, there's no, no way for people, people aren't making the links or connections themselves, basically, it's not, it's not an empowering space, it's a really disempowering space a lot of the time and you know, aside from lots of other things that are massively messed up about the school system. But I guess the point is that we, it's just fundamentally important that we can like reclaim our imagination, that we can relearn how to actually work together rather than in competition with each other and all of these things which our current education system like squashes or actively works against um, and that we really need as like our generation to be able to come back together and that this these forms of education where you're like inviting people to like you're treating people like full human beings with with valuable ideas and experiences and you know asking people to problem solve together rather than supplying a bunch of answers that aren't even relevant to people's lives and I guess that that's that one of the things about the kind of education that we want to do is that it's it's about helping people refine the bits of themselves and each other which is which is going to help us do some change making because 
at the moment we're all pretty poorly equipped for that and that's a bit of a problem in a world where a lot of change needs to happen yes definitely and, and i think i think for example there that and what we're talking about with an education model that arises from the moment like Neil was talking about the, the folk schools and and how they would say come out of the unions for example as one one mode of how they arose and, and that the unions would need them to be part of it and this is us almost saying that as young activists we need a space that we can can bring forward education that we feel like young people who are trying to create change need but also that is you know it's essential that those young people bring what they have so I guess I wanted to maybe pass over to yourself Ray to talk a little bit about well, just to, like, for example, you're organising a residential about um, action and imagination. And Meg was just talking about people reclaiming their imagination and stuff. And I guess what, you know, when we say why the rise, like what's exciting for you about the idea of bringing young activists together to talk about, you know, direct action, imagination, creativity, all those kind of things? Yeah, well, because like you said, the, the education system at the moment has no places no value on imagination and places no value on like creative problem solving because you know all of the problems and the answers are already there in exams uh you just have to kind of regurgitate them and it's not really about exploring ideas or exploring possibilities and things so like the idea of actually being able to be in a space where something could be created that you know hasn't been created before and ideas could be thrown around that haven't been thrown around before um, it's just really really exciting and especially in a time where we really really need we really really need new ideas and we really really need to be able to explore new things um, in a way that we've never been like young people are never trusted to think of new things and never trusted to you know be able to experiment with ideas and test things out and stuff so like creating that space and especially with action because we really need new action now more than ever new tactics now more than ever with our direct action and with the way we're kind of you know presenting our message to the world and presenting our crisis to the world and stuff um it's just really exciting to me so mm. i've designed this residential that's going to be around how can we explore um direct action in a way that's imaginative in a way that's like um exciting using loads of really old things as well like it is definitely about coming back to stuff that's um you know been around for a long time like storytelling um and things but kind of in a way that's new for us and kind of has this emergency in it as well because it really does matter that our action works yeah yeah i think that idea that it, it works is a, is a key part of things like this idea that we're in this to win <laughs> Yeah. we're not just in this because it's a fun thing to be doing um, and I guess talking about that you know you're talking about like the new things and, and different stuff and, and like we're saying we're bringing all of this new stuff but as Nils already talked about with the folk schools I also wanted to get pan back to Nils to maybe talk about one of our other key bits of inspiration um, which is the Highland, Highlander Folk School or Highlander Project over in the US and how that offered you know over it, its long long lifetime it's still going but has offered a space for activists in the US to come share and learn and, and find best practice as we're kind of hopefully imagining here yeah so I can say a few things and but yeah maybe first of all saying like the kind of Highlander folk school was set up in the early 1930s and partly with inspiration from the, the Scandinavian folk school one of the people from there had been going off to Denmark and trying to see what kind of works and took some inspiration from there and 
But yeah, I guess they essentially set up just like around the idea that if you bring people together to talk about their problems, they can find out the kind of best ways of dealing with those problems and taking action on those things. And because yeah, I think like people found it had had some experience through that, just kind of working with um, different like re- Christian groups in the kind of U.S. South in Appalachians, and had the experience of like bringing lots of people together and posing questions well like what is it that you're facing up here in the kind of poor part of the mm. countryside and notice that like people actually got energy from that and could like work out well like, we actually have some sense of how to solve our own problems and that was like the key idea they set up around we just like we just need to like, bring people together get them to talk about their problems and support them to like take action and organize to work those things out and so yeah during the 1930s 1940s they were very busy in kind of supporting the u.s labor movement in many years both like hosting workshops and conferences at their place at the highland folk school as well as being like very active in the kind of local region both like in their state and in the rest of South or in the Appalachians, often just like going out when there was a strike or another like community campaign, often just going out and saying like, "Hey, this is we're from Highland. This is kind of what we do. We can work with you and support you if you want to." And really, kind of combining that kind of day-to-day organizing that people do with the kind of place to step out of that, have some chance to reflect and talk about it, and then go back into doing those kind of things and yeah then they also like spent a lot of time supporting the US civil rights movement in the 1950s and early 60s Um, yeah because they were seeing that like to deal with kind of uh, working class issues in the global south they needed to also like equally tackle issues of racism and segregation and but yeah, I think that's just like a main thing. And I guess also that kind of thing of like that's very little or what we do is like things that we have come up with and even through the places like people some Highlander had lots of inspirations and then later on it connected with um Paulo Freire and the whole popular education movement in Latin America around the Ella. And and yeah, how all these things kind of like end up influencing each other. So there's quite long streams yeah, of yeah, long educational threads. movements and educational friends. And I guess it's just like wanting to be have some sense of accountability to those kind of friends and not pretend like we're just inventing lots of new things. Yeah, definitely. And I think that I mean, if people have seen our, our logo, one of the things on the the youth section of the logo is a kind of a yeah, it looks like a young per- like someone at a protest holding a, a th- like a, a spool of thread. And this is one of the key things that we try and talk about: this idea that we are, um, you know, we're not inventing this. We're not coming into something new. We're stepping into, you know, a tapestry of of change and of transformative change, and and that we're picking up the threads that people have have laid behind us. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, no. yeah, and I guess maybe like especially relevant when it comes to talking about initiatives that have come out from 
so-called US or Europe because yeah. in our culture we get taught to see like US or European experiences as like the most relevant, like the most important of like what's happening there is like more important than what's going on in other ways. So like yes, there is cool things that have come out of this part of the world, but also like need to be careful about not making like US or European things like exceptionalized. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And obviously, you know, there's there's things in there about language barriers and those kind of things. Mm. But I mean, Nils is our personal, Nils spent a bunch of time the last couple of years learning Portuguese and Spanish to the level that Nils keeps ordering lots of radical educational texts from Latin America and then translating them for us. So huge Mm. kudos to that and the team and what that means. And you talked a little bit about Paulo Freire and other pieces. Um, And I guess I wanted to pass pass to Megs as the youngest member of the four here and and ask that question of, and, and you can, feel free to anyone like jump in and talk a bit more about Highlander or about Paolo and the other inspirations like we talk about Bell Hooks and others as well but that feeling of what it means to be a young person knowing that you're not having to invent you know you're having to create it for the situation but you're kind of stepping into this long history of people that are you like this idea of like ancestors that you've got these people behind you is definitely a massively for me it's been a massively powerful powerful thing because I've been I mean growing up as young person racialized as white um, here in the UK especially with my my family and class background I've had a very uh, negative association with the word ancestors and with the idea of older generations it's kind of been like a warning like a my whole life it's been feeling like I'm trying to do a rejection of where I came from and I think a lot of other young people especially young people racialized as white like that's just a big thing that people feel and it's like how to like realizing that you know learning the things we were never taught at school learning the things that were silenced when other people were trying to tell them it's like understanding like where we come from like the threads of resistance that we can pick up and how much like energy that gives and support that gives and how much like importance or weight there is on like a carrying that forward and being a good ancestor ourselves and what that means like you know for the generations after us and and how yeah there's just all of these I guess it's just a massively energy giving and inspiring part of the work for like for myself to be able to realize like oh my god there's all of this like all of these radical people there's radical history like that we can pick up and and run with and that that's like I don't know gives us just um, um, yeah, a direction. Yeah, like a grounding in that. F- at least for me, it's a it's a feeling that I don't know. I guess like there's a feeling that you know this stuff's really hard. And I think Frey talked about it earlier with this idea that you know we're having to like come together and work out these answers. And we don't really know the answers, and, and we we spend a lot of time at school and in education, like mainstream forms of miseducation, where they it's like yeah, here's a question and there is an answer. You know, we're asking, and what we're trying to do is come together and ask questions that we don't really know the answers to, but to know that those questions were being asked and developed and better and better questions were being found by these ancestors who we can step into, who we can learn from, who we can kind of stand, you know, on their shoulders, you know, alongside them, then that, for me at least, I guess it often makes me feel a lot less lonely in what we're doing and that there's this connection in different places. I also wanted to mention the, that the rise is part of. Um, well, we're, we're becoming part of a, a network called the Ecoversities Network, which people can look up, which is majority based across 
the Global South that came out of India a number of years ago with Manish Jain and other educators. Um, and they have their, you know, it's a, it's a very diverse network, but they're connecting different people across the world who are trying to do education in a different way. And a lot around social change, a lot around community cohesion. Um, and again, it's just really, really awesome to be part of those kind of networks and to be able to jump on Zoom calls with people who are doing education in, you know, everywhere from like Hawaii to, um, to India to Egypt and stuff and just like exchange these models and exchange these different pieces um, with people. Is there anything anyone else wanted to say on, on anything around those issues? No? I guess we was like mentioned that like we have been in quite close connection with and collaborating with people who've been working in the Pan-Africanist movement for decades and decades and how much experience and like how we have been influenced by that in many different ways just kind of like seeing a bit what what is possible to do in terms of kind of working within a kind of longer um, lineage of resistance and kind of keeping those kind of friends going no, definitely, I agree. I mean, I personal elders. Um, a big shout out to Kofi, who's one of our elders, and, and different people, and 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 that idea of um, community grounded yet internationally relevant um, education. That you're 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 living in community. You're working with people. Um, for us, as the Rise, that's the community here in Stroud, but also the community of young people creating change. But how how we work in ways that are relevant internationally. And I guess that was one of the final things that I thought it would be good for us to mention here around why the rise and um, and a little bit about the idea of what it means to be young people racialized, you know, all four of us here are racialized as white um, from the global north and what that means to be organizing in these, in these you know, deeply radical um, ways in this moment of crisis and, and how we try and embody some of that in our work and that idea of being part of a generation globally. I mean, does anyone want to touch on that? So I guess I guess one of the things for me about about that is understanding what what it means to be, you know, young people here in the global north in this time of crisis, especially when we look at crises that are unfolding and will continue to unfold, like the, the climate crisis and ecological collapse, ecological ecological collapse, and what that means across the world and what it means, I guess, for us here, like refusing to be or attempting to refuse to be complicit in in the continue like continual expansion of like the brutal brutal systems and you know brutal ideologies that, that have often come from this part of the world and you know what it means as the climate the climate collapses and the effects are felt further away from from our doorsteps and and how we as young people you know as as our governments or other other people in Europe or the global north like whatever I say you know spouting like more and more fascist ideologies and more and more like you know with all of the, the systems of oppression that we have um on a global scale around white supremacy and you know imperialism and and patriarchal capitalism and all this stuff like how can we you know as as things collapse how can we make sure that we're standing we're standing on the side of the global majority rather than the side of um the side of oppression or you know the side that our ancestors have tried you know or you know the, the ancestors of people that created these systems like as the walls go up how do we make sure that we're you know we're trying to stand on the right side and how do we betray that like 
that what we've been handed as young people here in the global north and how do we how do we try and tear the walls back down and how do we like turn around and say like this is fucked don't don't try and come here and follow this path mm. yeah i think sorry i just that was quite quite a lot of bits in there so it just hit me a little bit emotionally but i think that that feeling of you know and, and we could have talked you know and in this why the rise we could have talked about our understandings of the moment you know like and the un- what understandings of the now in terms of climate change we could have talked about what it the different systems and maybe we'll come back and we'll revisit that hopefully in a future podcast but you know as meg kind of showed there there's a shared understanding between us that we're at a very late stage with a bunch of those different things and we're at a stage um that is increasingly volatile increasingly dangerous i mean the government's trying to pass this police crime and sentencing bill even here in the UK, what that means for people around the world. Um, we're an increased increased level of um, kind of polarisation setting each other against each other. And I think this feeling that, at least for myself, a big part of the rise is an ability to build somewhere so that as young people here in the heart of empire we can have some ground to stand on in which to talk, build alliances, communicate and work with mm. our siblings around the world. The, the, the ones, you know, we, we already have connections with young people in kind of central Abiyala, southern Abiyala, the Americas. Abiyala is an indigenous term for the Americas, um, in West Africa and in other places who are, you know, who are rising every day and who are working, you know, for revolution, for transformative change. and and how those messages are echoed here. For example, in a few weeks, we'll be doing a kind of a celebration of the Chilean revolution. We'll be hosting a film screening here in Stroud and talking about um, the role, you know, what's been happening there and, and the kind of the new president and all of that stuff. And and also how, so how we can amplify those voices here and allow young people in the UK to see what's really going on across the global south, but also how we can act as a space within the this idea of like within the heart of empire how you can act as a space where young people are refusing that inheritance and that that message can go back across the world um to our siblings and to others so that together collectively we can find a different place to walk and that we can we can this idea of stepping off the path you know the path of development the path of imperialism of of modernization and instead we can move somewhere together and that without ground without space especially educative space, space where we can come together and, and spike our curiosity, even in these times of crisis, then it will be very difficult for us here to be able to join that global family, to join our siblings. And so for me, that's a massive part of why we're doing the rise. And internationalism um, is at the heart of, of, of so much of what we're trying to do. So I think we're there, you know, just uh, we've come through a bunch of different things, personal experiences with youth organising, um, stuff with the school system, folk schools, the Highlander project, these ancestors who, who sit behind us, internationalism, you know, our Pan-African elders and all these different pieces that are coming together um, to, to be the kind of the ground on which we build uh, we build the rise and, and why we're doing it. I just wanted to open some space for anyone who wants to, to say anything else um, before we finish, but otherwise we might end it there. Just I think how urgent and important this is and how it's very easy for us us here to sit in the like you know sit in the distance that we've you know that we're complicit in between ourselves and and 
what actually being alive and between you know the rest of the world and and that part of you know most of us are working full time on this project and you know dropped out of university or whatever made you know that we we're here for this and this is kind of like a call for other people to try and to try and join us and join join in alliance with all people who are working for transformative change you know like that the, the moment we're in is just just hugely important and what side of history we want to stand on and the kind of choices that we're trying to make so yeah yeah we can't solve it on our own like one of the reasons we're doing this project is so that we can come together and learn and build and look to the past and look to the future and like you know gather gather and collate knowledge that we've got and that other people have and actually work together like we can't do it on our own we can't it's really really difficult to do it out of university um it's really really difficult to do it if you're not talking to your brothers and sisters internationally or even locally you know um so there's a lot of hope when we come together awesome let's end it there everybody thank you so much for listening um we'll catch you in the next one uh get in, get in touch if you have any questions or you want to work together um, on anything that we've said um see you all soon